For some students at Madison Park Academy, it started with the announcement of a lockdown. For others, with a sharp cracking noise. Then there were the middle school students close enough to see their 13-year-old classmate shot and bleeding. All of them would spend the next hour and a half in hiding. Students and staff locked themselves in the classroom, barricaded doors, pulled down the shades. They kept low to the ground. Some felt terror. The students knew about deadly school shootings. D.C., Uvalde, St. Louis, to name just a few that year. They had grown up amid violence. East Oakland had seen more than its share. But they saw their school as a safe haven, its own community with caring teachers and staff. That August day is a little fuzzy for Sabrina Oyster. Trauma clouds our memories, she explains. As a mental health therapist for Fred Finch Youth and Family Services, who works with middle and high school students impacted by trauma, she knows these things. I was about to go on my lunch break and I heard a really loud noise, thinking it might have been a gunshot, but when I went and poked my head out of my office into the general area of the school, there wasn't really any commotion, so I figured like maybe it was a firecracker or something. I came back into my room, and then a few minutes later, we had an announcement come on the system saying we're in a lockdown for an active shooter. There wasn't any further information given about whether there was a shooter outside of the campus and we were safe or inside of the campus. And so my assumption was that someone was probably inside of the school. They would learn later that there wasn't an active shooter. A 12-year-old student accidentally discharged a gun he brought to school, wounding his 13-year-old classmate. The student with the gun fled the campus. When the lockdown was lifted, students streamed out of their classrooms. A lot of them were off with their friends, but some of them were like, crying a lot and were vocalizing that they were really scared and that they like, wanted to be with their parents. And on the other side of the spectrum, there were kids that were kind of explaining, like, I don't know like, why other kids are crying. It's really not a big deal. I've seen a lot of this. This happens all the time. So really desensitized to the incident. And then we kind of went home after that to kind of return the next day and and tackle the healing process. Just a side note here. You may have noticed Sabrina doesn't express emotion when she talks about that day. It isn't because she doesn't feel emotion about what happened. Rather, the opposite. It was traumatizing to her as it was to many of the school's staff and students. To protect herself while discussing what happened, she distances herself from the topic. Sabrina is one of four Fred Finch therapists at Madison Park who provide long-term therapy to students, usually for six months to a year. They are part of the nonprofit school-based services program. Fred Finch counselor Boo Orr was not on campus the day of the shooting, but when he learned what happened, he immediately got in touch with school administrators to start on a support plan. By the following morning, a classroom was converted to a drop-in center for students. Students could come in groups or individually. There were snacks available, board games, a drawing station, and of course, therapists to speak with. The day after the shooting, many students stayed out of school and the center was slow. For the next few days, students would arrive mostly in groups, often to take a break from their classes. The center offered students a space to process their trauma in whatever way they could. One of the students that really stood out was an individual that came in and was like really shut down at the beginning of the day. He wasn't even talking. He was writing things to me on his phone in terms of communication. I told him he can just nap and eat snacks. Since we were offering a lot of games, we played a bunch of Uno, and by the end of the day, he was like laughing and open and verbalizing again. As the days passed, it got progressively busier. And as more students were identified for individual check-ins, the center shifted to scheduled one-on-one counseling. 
Students talked about feeling unsafe at school, and some felt hopeless about the violence in their community and the widespread violence affecting schools across the country. Boo counseled a middle school student who witnessed the shooting. She stood probably like five, six feet away from the kid that got shot. And she looked, she seen and looked and see that he was bleeding. And then now she's saying to herself. So this is the, the hardest part for her, just like, what do I do? Right? It's just like fight or flight. So for her, her reaction was to run, you know, to run and just like run somewhere. She was having nightmares, moving her legs as if running in her sleep. She was like, I just didn't know what to do. I don't know if I should help, but I didn't know how to help. So she had guilt. And I said, hey, none of this is your fault. This is our reaction. And your reaction is to run. There's nothing wrong with that. If you was to say, how would you help anyone? And we don't know if that was a situation where something worse could happen. But so you save yourself. So I don't want you to beat yourself up for something that you couldn't control. A lot of what the therapist offered was an empathetic ear, along with the tools and resources for support. Boo said they approached each student with the same philosophy. Okay, what can I do to support you? And that's through just like having this open conversation, helping them process of what they're feeling. For students overcome by anxiety, struggling with daily tasks, the therapist would work with them to find ways to improve their sense of well-being. Is it through deep breathing, a grounding exercise? Is it to speak to someone, have a more open communication with your family? What are your family talking about when you guys are getting home? Just like having at least some type of resources for them here at school and then also just at home. And then just helping them process their situation. Fred Finch, director for Alameda County's school-based mental health program, Diana McCullough-Klump, stepped in to help coordinate the response and provide counseling. It was in her visits to campus that she saw just how beneficial it is to have therapists integrated into the school community in times of crisis. When students came on campus or into the check-in room, they saw faces that they had seen before. These were not strangers. And when I got to campus on Tuesday, who had already checked in with admin and had kind of a pulse of what the plan was, who I should check in with so that we weren't going in blind and duplicating services or asking so many questions that were not being of help or bring, being more, more of a burden. But really, we were part of the community and able to streamline our presence and our support to focus on providing mental health services both to the students and also supporting the therapeutic response on the community level. Having Fred Finch therapists on campus enabled them to continue to respond to staff's needs. Last month, Boo and Sabrina gave a staff training on trauma and healing. They offered different mindfulness activities for teachers to use, both for themselves and with their students. Various ways to check in with their emotional state and find calm. Educators asked questions about how to work with students who required more attention while still meeting the needs of the rest of the class. Sabrina and Boo acknowledged the challenge in this, while also encouraging empathy. The hardships some of these children face can make focusing on school impossible. It's like a hard thing to navigate. We want our kids to be coming to school and engaged, and ultimately, like, if their basic needs aren't met and their mental health is not in a good place, they can't engage, especially when it comes to trauma. Trauma literally, like, impedes folks' abilities to follow rules, be able to concentrate, to be able to be emotionally regulated in, like, a space with other folks or even by yourself. Our goal is to help them succeed in school and be here and be able to participate. At the end of the day, like, we need to focus on their mental health and, like, making sure do they have food at home? Do they have a place to sleep? 
Do they have clothing? Are they warm? All these things to make sure that they have the foundation even to like be at school. And especially if like our kids are coming from unsafe situations, they can't concentrate. They can't come to class if they're not safe outside of school. Sabrina and Boo stress that teachers are not meant to shoulder the responsibility on their own. Madison Park Academy has a referral program where students are assessed for their needs and linked to on-site providers or outside organizations that can offer everything from food and clothing to mental health counseling. There's a referral process for students that are having a hard time, and then we as a team figure out, like, okay, who can, like, tackle these different aspects of the student's life and the things that they're encountering right now so that we can help them be the best person that they can be and, like, to achieve their goals. And it's really hard as an educator when you have, like, 30 other kids in your class, but I think moving the lens from, like, what's wrong with you to, like, what has happened to you. So really just to hold the kids in more empathy and understanding, even when it's, like, really hard. If you or someone you know would like to learn more about Fred Finch, we encourage you to visit the website at fredfinch.org. This has been On the Wire with Fred Finch Youth and Family Services. Today's show was written and produced by Sarah Krupp. Sound design and engineering by James Good. Our executive producer is Marcus Young. Thank you for joining us.